Wow. Well, praise the Lord. I am no big deal, but Jesus is a very big deal. And I love how God continually is using Grace Church. Uh, you've not only ministered uh, to the community that I call home, on multiple times you've actually ministered to me and my family. So I say thank you. It's good to see so many friends here. I treasure uh, Pastor Dennis. And uh, these are exciting times for you. And I just want to tell you the best days are not behind you. They're ahead of you. And uh, thank God for grace. I'm going to preach on grace this morning, God's riches at Christ's expense. Um, I come from a long line of policemen. Uh, matter of fact, my family was fifth generation Washington, D.C. police. My dad was the assistant chief of the U.S. Capitol Police. My uncle was lieutenant in charge of the entire K-9 of Capitol Police. My grandfather was captain with Metropolitan Police. My great-grandfather rode horseback with the U.S. Park Police, and my great-great-grandfather hand-carried Abraham Lincoln across the street the night he died. So my favorite television show is Cops. Can I get an amen? <laughs> I remember this one story. It seems like everything happened in Gwinnett County, Georgia. I don't know what's going on down 95 South, but there was a story of this guy who studied and surveyed for two weeks the senior citizen schedule. He thought it would be the easy hit, the perfect crime. That's an oxymoron. There's nothing perfect about a crime. And this guy knew that this lady would go to the grocery store, thought it would be an easy hit, thought she left, he went in, and he had the audacity to steal $400 cash and her most prized possession, her wedding band of 50 years. This guy is so arrogant, he sits in the kitchen and he's having chocolate chip cookies. I don't advocate stealing, but I'm not sticking around for lunch. Can I get an amen? She was in the basement all along, and she was told as a little girl, if you get in trouble, say the name Jesus, because there's power in the name, or quote a Bible verse. And she came up behind him, and she said, Acts 2.38, repent on the name of the Lord Jesus, and now be saved. It scared the man so much, he stuck his hand straight up, his legs shaking like Elvis on the Ed Sullivan show. She had an old school phone. Nine, when, when. And 14 minutes later, 12 cop cars from Atlanta circled the house, kicked the doors down, nine millimeters drawn, infrared beam on the guy's forehead, and the guy is still there shaking like the leaf. And the lieutenant on the department of 31 years said, dude, I've seen some stuff, but I've never seen this. I got to ask a question. You let a 79-year-old lady quote one Bible verse. You had 15 minutes to run. Why are you still here? He said, all I heard her say, she had an ax in 238s and I was going nowhere. <laughs> so there is power, power, wonder-working power, not only in the blood of the lamb, but the word of God. Amen. I'm telling you, there's some elected officials putting their hand on the Quran today, but the power is on the word of God. And today, I, I've been saved almost 40 years. I'll be 47 February. And the fact is, it can happen. We can be saved so long, you can forget what it was like to be lost. Number two, most of us have enough of Jesus to get us to heaven. But not enough of Jesus to keep a best friend out of hell. Two of my teachers, Miss Greenwald and Miss Jepsky, are members of your church. And uh, I never felt smart, but the Bible said, he that wins souls is wise. And guys, I'm telling you, I've read the whole book cover to cover. Jesus is not a good way to heaven. He's not even the best way to heaven. He's the only way to heaven. And I didn't make you. I didn't live for you. I didn't die for you. I didn't arise from the dead for you. And I ain't coming back for you. 
His name is Jesus the Christ. He's here today. And can we give God a loud Waldorf round of applause? Give God a round of applause. Amen. Amen. Well, it's a privilege in the front row to have my wife, Ruth. I travel the country, and most Sundays, I get an airplane fly, and I'm usually Ruthless. But today, Ruth is in the house. Would you give my wife, Ruth, and our little son, Andrew, a round of applause? And I'll preach. Thank you. We serve a good God. Amen. If you have your Bible, turn with me to John chapter 8, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. I heard there were five Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and what's the Gospel according to you? Most people will not read this book, but they read you the way you walk and the way we talk. And more than ever, when they look at us, may they see the Lord. John chapter 8, verse 1. John chapter 8. Verse 1, I want to preface this. I heard a scholar recently share, Jesus is mentioned 132 times in the New Testament. 132 times in the New Testament, and this floored me, only 10 times does it refer to Jesus in the church. And this is one of those 10 times. And Jesus is a great teacher. He's the greatest preacher, but he was a better reacher. And this shows he's just ministry is not on the pulpit Sunday. He had a marketplace ministry Monday. The real world is outside of those church. And some of us preach, some of us teach, but we all can reach. Amen. But this is one of the 10 times. John chapter 8 verse 1. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives early in the morning. He came into the temple, the church, the synagogue. And all the people came to him and he sat down and taught them. That shows us he's not just a professional savior, he's a personal savior. He had time to hang out. Three, the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman taken in adultery, and they thrown her in her midst, and they said, Master, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. Now Moses and the law commands us that she should be stoned, but what do you say, Jesus? And they said this, tempting him that they may accuse him, but Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he didn't hear them. So when they continued asking, he lifted up himself and said, he that is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And he stooped down again and wrote on the ground. And being convicted of their own conscience, one by one, they dropped the rocks, beginning at the eldest to the youngest, and Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. And Jesus lifted up and stood up and saw no one but the woman before him. And she said, woman, where are your accusers? Hath no one condemned thee? And she said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said, quote, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. If we're not careful, we can forget where we were when the moment Jesus found us. I've seen it time and time again. Sometimes we get saved from hell, and by God's grace, we come to heaven that he loves us and dusts us off and cleans us off. But so many times we strut like peacocks, like we're the gift to the world. And I'm telling you, when you've been forgiven by God, we cannot only not act like the devil, but we need to resemble Jesus for the rest of our life. Because coming to Jesus is not just a get out of hell card. We need to walk and talk like the Savior. Amen? So here's the thing. Jesus is having church, and he's preaching on a Sunday. And all of a sudden, bam, the doors open up. And these Pharisees had the audacity and the arrogance to disrupt the Almighty Sermon. For the last four years, I've been the Maryland State Coordinator for the Billy Graham Association. And it's been a privilege. I preached in India in February when Billy Graham died, flew all the way home to come to the funeral at the U.S. Capitol. 
Billy Graham was amazing, but the problem with being a man of God is we're still just a man. And sometimes in ministry, we get too much credit or not enough, but the goal isn't for us to get credit. The goal is for God to get the glory. But they didn't interrupt D.L. Moody's sermon. They didn't open up Tozer's sermon. They didn't mess up David Jeremiah's sermon. They didn't mess up Beth Moore's sermon. They didn't mess up Billy Graham's sermon. They had the audacity to disrupt God's sermon. I mean, the only thing arrogant close to that is 9-11 when a bunch of terrorists woke up and said, let's run a plane into the Defense Department. That sounds like a great idea. We have a good shot at taking the Pentagon on. And they did. But these thugs, these terrorists, these losers, religion will destroy you. Religion will deceive you. And speaking from the authority of God, but humility on earth, religion will damn you. But a relationship with Jesus will save you. And there's Pharisees and Sadducees. And what sad you see is that they had a religion, but they didn't have a relationship with the Redeemer. They had the routine. They had the rhetoric. But they didn't know the Master. They were like kit cars, all show and no go. They were Fieros, but rolled in as if they were Ferraris. Trying to be winners by day, but they were wannabes at night. Not leaders, losers. And they bring in a woman caught in the very act of adultery. You hear about putting on your Sunday best? This woman was in her Sunday worst. And she wasn't summoned to court. She was summoned to church. She didn't have time to get the makeup on and all dolled up. But the beautiful thing is she came in a mess, but she's standing before the Messiah. But here's the thing, the Pharisees were trying to embarrass her, but they were using her to try to accuse God. That is arrogant. And they bring this woman, and I say this respectfully in the house of God, Victoria's Secret Models was wearing more than her. She's caught in the very act. Everyone always talks about the woman, but let me park the car here. I'm convinced one of the Pharisees who caught her in the very act they either were peeping Tom's looking, and that ain't the fruit of the Spirit, or number two, they set her up, or three, I believe one of the Pharisees was the one in the inappropriate relationship when they found her. And then they see religion is sneaky. Sneaky sounds like snake. And they bring in this woman and throw her right before, and they want it to not only accuse her, they want it to accuse Jesus. And they got rocks in their hands. Some got little rocks, some got middle rocks, some got big rocks. Religion is heavy. Jesus said, my yoke is light. And then they had the audacity to not only disrupt the sermon, and I can see parents, Andrew's in the front row, I can see mothers trying to cover the eyes of their little kids. Don't look at this. And then they stand right before Jesus and says, quote, now Moses, they have the audacity to quote the Bible to the Bible himself. And Moses says that she should be stoned, but what do you say, Jesus? And they said, tempting him, that they might accuse him. Do you see that? Religion is trying to call out the Redeemer. But Jesus stooped down with his finger as if he didn't hear them and began to write. Let me share this with you real quick. Private sin leads to public shame. When you don't walk in Jesus' sandals, you will step into your own scandal. And more than ever, we need to follow the footsteps of Almighty God. You cannot delight in sin and the Son simultaneously. 
The Bible says there's pleasure and sin for a season. You can pick your sin, but you can't pick your consequence. Sin will fascinate you before it <laughs> assassinates you. And more than ever in 2019, we need to be close and clean because you cannot win acting like the world, but you cannot lose when you live for the Lord. I'm going to get the tape. I'm preaching. Can I get an amen? Now watch this. Sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. Jesus is having church, but the Pharisees want to have court. And they disrupt the divine's delivery. And when the doors open up and she's thrown before him, Moses says that she should be stoned. What do you say? Jesus went from standing. Watch this. They thought they had her. And in their eyes, you can see flames. They want her to go to hell. God promotes heaven. They want her to experience guilt. God is getting ready to give grace. They are talking about the law, but the Lord is nothing but love. Amen? They want her to go to hell. He's promoting heaven. And he goes from standing and watches. Jesus had flipped the terror tables before on Pharisees. And now he's getting ready to flip the tables again. Right when you think you have Jesus, when he was in the borrowed tomb, they put guards to protect the dead man. Why? Because you can't keep a good man down. You can't keep the God man down. And you can't put him in a box. Amen? So the interesting thing is, you may be down, you may be discouraged, you may be defeated, you may be depressed, you may be divorced, but if you ain't dead, my God's not done. So they throw this woman and she's embarrassing in a compromising position, not her best days. And can I be honest with you? Every single one of us have dropped the ball. I remember one time I worked 20 plus years on Capitol Hill. I went to a Starbucks on Pennsylvania Avenue. I'm about four people from the register and here comes two black SUVs. And I thought, here we go. Somebody's coming into the place. And who walks in? True story. The attorney general of the United States of America with six security guys with Rolex watches and an earpiece come around. And I remember how many People, does it take to screw in a light bulb? Well, I know it takes six federal agents to protect the attorney general to get coffee. Are you with me? <laughs> Help the government shut down. Just tell the general, don't go out to Starbucks. But here we go. He comes in there. To his credit, he waited like everyone else. Never felt so protected in my life. I'm getting ready, and I look. I do a double take, and true story, I see this attractive African-American and a tan, brown, leather, members-only jacket. That really caught my attention because we couldn't even afford the basic members-only back in the day. This brother had the leather one. Are you with me? And I'm looking at him, and I look back, and I look at him, and I look back, and I said, are you Art Monk? His eyes got this big. Number 81, one of the greatest receivers of all time, Washington Redskins. To his credit, he was humble. He said, how do you remember me? How do I remember you? You had the greatest hands in the NFL. And it was crazy. But you know what? Art Monk one time said, Jerry Rice said the same thing. They did not like to watch themselves on the day after the game's video clips because he said, I felt awkward watching myself play. True story, Harrison Ford never once saw himself at a red screening movie. Han Solo, Indiana Jones, the American president, get off my plane, never saw himself in a screening because he said he felt weird on the big screen. We think they hung the moon. And I'm telling you, I remember Dwight Ketch against 49ers, NFC Championship, against the Dallas Cowboys. He climbed up like Jordan on a ladder, called a boar over top of my Cowboys, and I hate the Cowboys. I'm a Redskin fan. My favorite country song, my favorite country song, 
I can preach because you ain't taking a love offering. Let me throw it at you. <laughs> Watch it. My favorite country song is Willie Nelson. Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. Amen. <laughs> Dwight Clark. That brother from another mother, he had the catch. Are you with me? It was amazing. Brooke Robinson, the gold glove, had the catch. Even the greatest, but watch this, even the greatest, Monk to Ross, you name it, the greatest have all dropped the ball. And I'm not going to stand up here and act like Frank's done it all right, because at times I have dropped the ball. But this is the gospel, not because I'm so good, but because Jesus is so God. Now, this woman is caught in the very act, and watch this. Jesus went from standing to stooping, and all these guys got the rocks. They're thinking, not only do we got her now, they're thinking, we got him now. We got Jesus in a box. This is where he's going to get thrown off course. This is where the train comes off track. We got God. Man, that's crazy. But when you're in front of Christ, you may be in a crisis. But when it looked like it's over, God says, I'm just warming up. When you're down to nothing, he's up to something. He went from standing and he went from stooping and watches Jesus' bony finger begins to write in the ground. And when you walked in the synagogue of that day, there would be a dust residue from the sandals that would have a slight dirt dust film on the concrete church floor. And Jesus with his holy finger began to write on the ground. And I submit to you, he probably wrote $14.25. That means nothing to you meant nothing to me. 99% of the Pharisees with rocks didn't mean nothing to them except for this one brother from another mother. He had a pretty good-sized rock, thought he was in on it. This is where we got Jesus. I'm all that in a bag of chips. And when he saw 1425, his eyes got bigger than the offering plates, and bam, he dropped his rock. They had to call a tow truck. Can I get an amen? <laughs> right on his foot. And what no one knew, but because they tried to preach against her sin, God just called them out on their sin. $14.25. That brother had just stolen probably $14.25 from the church temple a couple weeks ago, and he's out of the equation. There's another guy with a real, real big rock, and he's as cocky as anybody. And Jesus humbly probably got on the ground with his finger on the stone and probably wrote, Elizabeth. Doesn't mean anything except for the one guy with the rock. Bam! And the crazy thing is Jesus had just called out that guy's private sin because he was probably having an affair with a woman named Elizabeth and it was not his wife. One by one, bam, bam. One guy liked Rocky. Can I get an amen? The other falls on the ground, the Rolling Stones. But anyways, here we go. But one thing at a time, bam, 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 bam. And here's this woman, Jesus is standing, stooping, and now he's getting ready to do some saving. And one by one, they all have to leave. You know, someone once said, if there's two people in a canoe, it's a fact. The person rowing the least is criticizing the most. There's a lot of wannabes in the world, we, but winners build people up, not tear them down. You know, if you have a problem with something, why don't you get on your knees and pray for them? And here's the thing. Here's a sinner, a sister, and here's Jesus, the winner. Who's Jesus? They tell me the first time he came, he came as a kid, but the next time he comes, he's coming as the king of all kings. The first time he came, he was the rejected cornerstone. The next time he comes, he's the rock of all ages. The first time he came, he carried a wooden cross, but the next time he comes, he's carrying the whole government on his shoulders. The first time he came, 
he stood silently before Pontius Pilate. The next time he comes, Pontius Pilate, Confucius, Muhammad, is going to bow before him and give an account. They asked, was Jesus a man or was he God? He was both. If he wasn't a man, who was that babe born in Bethlehem's barn? If he wasn't God, why did 10,000 angels sing at that little kid's birth? If he wasn't a man, who was that on the cross that cried, I thirst? But if he wasn't God who told the woman at the well, you drink from me, you'll never thirst again. If he wasn't a man, who was that it hungered in the wilderness? If he wasn't God who fed 5,000 with a little lad's lunch. If he wasn't a man who was that dead for three days in Joseph Arimathea's tomb, but if he wasn't God, and I've been there, my wife's been there, and Lord willing, my son and I and wife and I are all going in August of this year. The barred tomb of Jesus is the only tourist attraction in the world where folks come from miles around to stand in line to look at absolutely nothing. Because we don't serve a dead God, we serve the living Lord. Amen? Watch this. So the Pharisees go out one by one and watch this. The woman caught in the very act is looking up at the moment of truth. Jesus could have put his hands on his hip and thrown lightning at her, but he throws love. He could have really given justice in private, but watch this. Not since the Old Testament, when God used the finger of Moses to write the Ten Commandments finger to stone, and one of the Ten Commandments was, Thou shalt not commit adultery. Ironically, they were wrong, but the Pharisees were right. Well, Moses and the law said, so Jesus, 2,000 years later, with his bony finger on the church floor with residue, and he writes finger to stone. He was fulfilling in the Old Testament the law, but in the New Testament, he's giving love. And watch this. I've been told you should never look down on someone unless you're lifting them up. And with that woman down and looking up, she just didn't see the eyes of a celebrity. She sees the eyes of divinity. She's not looking in the eyes of Rihanna. She's looking in the eyes of the Redeemer. She's not looking in the eyes of Beyonce. She's looking in the eyes of the Bible. She's not looking in the eyes of Denzel. She's looking in the eyes of divine. She's not looking in the eyes of Jay-Z. She's looking in the eyes of J.C., Jesus the Christ. She ain't standing before a president or a prime minister or a pope. She's not standing before Trump. She's standing before the Trinity himself. She ain't standing before Obama. She's standing before omnipotent. She ain't standing before Bush. She's standing before Beulah Land. And she ain't standing before Carter or Clinton. She's standing before the crucified coming Christ. She ain't standing before Gandhi. She's standing before God. She ain't standing before Muhammad. She's standing before the master. She ain't standing before Confucius. She's standing before Christ. And she's certainly not standing before religion. She's standing before the Redeemer. Because Jesus is not a good way to heaven. He's the only way to heaven. Would you give him the loudest applause of the morning? Give God some praise. So watch this. He went from standing, stooping, to saving. And with all the rocks that fell. I want to preach a sermon one day on rocks that were left behind. When I went to John Hansen... Miss Jepsky and Miss Greenewalt were my teachers at John Hanson in the 80s. Some people graduated magna cum laude. I was thank the laude. Can I get an amen? <laughs> there were my grades and there was his grace. <laughs> 
someone came up to me in middle school and said, Frank, you're as dumb as a box of rocks. And all my friends laughed. And it hurt. But you know what? I have met scientists at NASA who are smart but not wise. Because they don't even acknowledge the one that not only made the world but gave them the smarts. And that saying is not biblical, dumb as a box of rocks, because humans may fail to give him praise, but the Roxes do not cease singing the Savior's praises. And when it was just him and her, if anyone could have thrown a rock, it was the rock of all ages, and he didn't. The Savior <laughs> ceased to sling a stone, and the Prince of Peace didn't even pluck a pebble. They wanted hell. He gave her heaven. I love Dave Matthews had a number one song 20 years ago. As he reached down to lift her up, he said, take my hand because we're walking out of here. Now watch this. I believe when she was down and he was gone from standing to stooping to saving, I believe he, she saw through eyes of faith a red bullseye. People ask me all the time, Ruth will tell you it's true. They say, Frank, why do you shop at Walmart? Are you ready? Are you sitting down? You got your seatbelt on. You know why Frank Shelton shops at Walmart? You preach the gospel. Target is on my back. Are you with me? <laughs> but you know what? My goal wasn't to be famous in hell. But when my feet hit the floor in the morning, if I'm not being chased by the enemy, I'm not serving the Lord. It is a privilege to serve the Lord. And when she saw his palms, I believe she saw a red target as he went to pick her up because what she probably just now saw and you're just seeing for the first time, in a few weeks after this moment, Roman nails <laughs> would go into his palms and his hands and they would begin to bleed and she was caught red-handed. I've been told by scholars and theologians believe that when Jesus walked out, standing, stooping, saving, when Jesus walked out of that church, he paused, he pivoted, and the sandals started walking straight to Calvary. And the reason he could let her off the hook is because soon he'd get up on the tree where he would die for you and me. I'll close with this in two minutes. I preached in Africa on Sunday. I had the honor to preach at the Nelson Mandela National Soccer Stadium on New Year's Eve. I got a D in public speaking at Thomas Stone. <laughs> they tell me 122,000 people were at the stadium. If you see my teacher, I'm up to a C minus. Can I get an amen? <laughs> my favorite verse is God uses the foolish to confound the wise. You don't have to be the best. But when you've been touched by the best, you've got to give them your best. I'll land the plane. There was a story in the 1600s of a king who lived in the castle and had an amazing son. And uh, little John Kennedy used to come into the Oval Office. Um, I was, the day before Thanksgiving, I was in the Obama White House. And Obama's two daughters were standing five feet from me. There's Baron Trump. And I'm not going to get political, but... Um, more than ever, I think we think the Pharisees are so bad because they wanted to throw rocks, but can I just say this in love? 
I've seen some of y'all's Facebook pages and you throw a lot of proverbial rocks as Christians at other people and political parties. And I learned a long time ago, and this is a guy that worked in four White Houses. If I'm privately on my knees at the altar praying for a president, whether I voted for him or not, I'm more like Jesus when I'm praying for them than throwing proverbial rocks about them. But then again, not everybody's invited in the room with the most powerful people in the world. When I grow up, not only do I want to be like Jesus, I want to be like my son. My son reminds me of Jesus, and I'm so proud of you. So they had this kid that had access to the king, and all of a sudden he could do nothing wrong. But back in the day, they had a rule, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And the kid did the unthinkable. I've talked to people. I've never met the man who struggled with crack, cocaine, who didn't at least try the cigarette first. Sin is a progression, and it is a downward staircase, and it will take you down and down and down. But Jesus and the Son of God and grace will take you up. There's a reason why the two rock songs from the 70s, one is a highway to heaven. What is it? A staircase to heaven and a highway to hell. But Jesus said, Broad is the road to destruction and narrow is the way to heaven. And few are those who find it. More than ever, we need to walk close and clean. But this one kid pushed the envelope, pushed the envelope, pushed the envelope, had access to his daddy at all times, lived in the penthouse of the palace, could do nothing wrong, and he didn't steal. He didn't cut corners. He didn't compromise. He didn't cheat. He didn't struggle with his internal revenue service. This brother killed somebody. The son of the king killed somebody in the 1600s. The most respected king of that area. The news went across viral before Facebook. And everyone loved the king. And they could not believe the apple of the king, the son, did some trouble. See, the problem with sin, you give him an inch, he becomes the ruler. There's no such thing as small sin when you've been touched by a big God. I've learned more than ever 2019. If it is gray, stay away. If you have to ask if it's right or wrong, it's probably wrong. The guy does the unthinkable. He kills somebody. Back in the day, if you did wrong, you stole. They lost your hand. You kill someone, you die. The guillotine had just been implemented back then. You've seen it. There was a long blade at the top. It comes down and chops off your head. And everyone was knowing. One said, well, blood's thicker than water. Maybe the rules apply to everybody, especially the commoners. But when you're related to the king, maybe you get off. What's going to happen? Some were screaming like the Pharisees with rocks and flames in their eyes and hell in their heart. Death, death, death. And a sentence for execution was 6 a.m. in the morning. And I'm done. At 5.55, when guards came down the cobblestone concrete floor of the dungeon, the king's son, who had it all, is getting ready to lose it all. With his hands behind his back, as the guards come with flames flickering off the wall and their armor clanging on the concrete floor, when he stood inches from him, he noticed something peculiar. There were tears like Niagara Falls coming down the face of both guards. They had grown up to each other as they got promoted in the department. They saw the boy grow before their very eyes. They never thought this day would happen. And they stuck the key in, and they were shaking so much, mumbling. The other one had to interpret what they said. He said, son, you're free to go. 
And the door opened wide. And the king's son said, I never lied. I murdered, but I never lied. The execution is for me this morning. The guard began to shake so much, the other one was weeping so much, that both of their armor were clanging side by side. When they caught their composure, they wiped their tears and said, we tried to talk him out of it. But your dad, the king, at 2 o'clock in the morning, got out of bed, took off his crown, and laid it on the table, took off his royal robe and folded it neatly by the bed. And then he said two words, let's go. He went from the penthouse to the odd house. And in the basement with the new installed guillotine, the unthinkable happened. The king stuck his neck with the blade hanging high and still weeping, they begged him to change his mind. And they said, King, do you have any dying words? And he said, tell my boy I love him. And daddy forgives him. <laughs> and true story, the king died that the boy could go free. 2,000 years ago, Jesus went from Beulah land to Bethlehem to be the bruised and battered lamb that taketh away the sins of the world. He was worshipped above, but rejected below. He was born in a wooden crib. He died on a wooden cross. And he that knew no sin became sin. And his temporal death grants eternal life. People always ask, well, what happened to the boy? And to be honest, no one knows what happened to the boy. But before we get arrogant and thinking we're all that, that woman is us. You say, oh, but I've never done adultery. Well, you thought about it. You're her. Well, that sin wasn't my sin. But here's the catch. Just because your sin isn't her sin doesn't mean you're any less of a sinner. Our sin separates us from a holy God. The Pharisees called her red-handed. They wanted guilt. Jesus called her red-handed. He gave her grace. They demanded the law. He was the law in love. That's why he's the Lord. And they were demanding hell. And Jesus gave her heaven. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washes us white as snow. My prayer for you 2019 is this. Never forget what it was like when the card stacked against you, hope had passed you by, and you had no chance. And not until a president showed up. Not the Pope, but the Prince of Peace. And when they screamed, death, he gave life. I'm going to ask with heads bowed and eyes closed all over the auditorium, I'm going to ask you to do something slightly different. I'm going to ask that you stand to your feet all over the auditorium. Just briefly. I'm not going to ask anyone to come forward, but I want you to stand where you're at. This next three minutes is the most important part. We're getting ready to partake in communion where God was broken for us. 
I'm just going to pray. If you're here today, young or old, rich or poor, black or white, Republican, Democrat, it doesn't matter. You serve on the school board or you flunked out of school. If you're not 100% sure you're going to heaven, today's your day. If you're not sure heaven is your home, today's your day. Just whisper this prayer. Jesus said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I wouldn't quit my government job with retirement and perks and prestige if I didn't hear the call and if I didn't think people could still be saved today. He that wins souls is wise. If you're here today not sure safe, I got good news. Jesus is where it's at. They say hell's a great party. No, heaven will be the greatest party of all time. There is no party in hell. You're looking for hope. You're looking for life. You're looking for freedom. You're looking for grace. Grace has a face, and his name's Jesus. Whisper this prayer in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I deserve hell. I know what it's like to make a catch, but I remember like the woman in adultery, the embarrassment of dropping the ball. Oh God, I can't forgive myself. Forgive me of my sins. I want to repent from my past. Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. But he said, go and sin no more. The prison door has opened wide and we're going to walk free and new and transformed. Save my soul. Be the Lord of my life in Jesus' name. With no one looking, people praying, people still. If you prayed that prayer with no one looking and you meant it, would you just raise your hand quietly at the count of three with no one looking? One, two, three. Did anyone pray to receive Christ? Praise God. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Last question in communion. Not going to ask anyone to come forward. Do you see anew what it was like the day Jesus found you? He loves you so much. He didn't bring up your past, but he loves you so much. He doesn't want you to live like your past. Today's a new day, and let's walk free with him. Praise the Lord.